Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. I'm Brad Constantine, and this discussion is going to be about 2 Nephi chapter 10. So now we've uh, we've had uh, the first session of General Conference, um, or the first day of General Conference by Jacob in uh, the previous chapters, and now chapter 10 is going to be the morning of the next General Conference session. Obviously, I'm just making being facetious here. It's kind of similar to ours, though, maybe, huh? Chapter 10, verse 1, And now I, Jacob, speak unto you again, my beloved brethren, concerning the, this righteous branch of which I have spoken. For behold, the promises which we have obtained are promises unto us according to the flesh. Wherefore, as it has been shown unto me that many of our children shall perish in the flesh because of unbelief, nevertheless God will be merciful unto many, and our children shall be restored, that they may come to that which will give them the true knowledge of their Redeemer. Wherefore, as I said unto you, it must needs be expedient that Christ... For in the last night the angel spake unto me that this should be his name, should come among the Jews, among those who are the more wicked part of the world, and that they shall crucify him. For thus it behooveth our God, and there is none other nation on earth that would crucify their God. Uh, for the first time in the Book of Mormon that the name Christ is used, from this point forward it is used 300 times in the Book of Mormon. The name Jesus is not revealed until 2 Nephi 25 by Nephi. The prophecy that just mentioned was the most remarkable because crucifixion was unknown to Hebrew law. The Mosaic Code prescribed the penalty of death in four forms, stoning, burning, beheading, and strangling. And that was doctrinal commentary of the Book of Mormon. Uh, Joseph Smith said that this generation is as corrupt as the generation of the Jews that crucified Christ, and if he were here today and should preach the same doctrine he did then, they would put him to death. Verse 4, for should the mighty miracles be wrought among other nations, they would repent and know that he be their God. But because of priestcrafts and iniquities, they at Jerusalem will stiffen their necks against him, and that he be crucified. Wherefore, because of their iniquities, destructions, famines, pestilences, and bloodshed shall come upon them. And they who shall not be destroyed shall be scattered among all nations. But behold, thus saith the Lord God, when the day cometh that they shall believe in me, that I am Christ, then have I covenanted with their fathers that they shall be restored in the flesh upon the earth up unto the lands of their inheritance. And it shall come to pass that they shall be gathered in from their long dispersion, from the isles of the sea, and from the four parts of the earth. And the nations of the Gentiles shall be great in the eyes of me, saith God, in carrying them forth to the lands of their inheritance. This has reference here when he talks about the nations of the Gentiles. He's talking about uh, America and uh, Great Britain who are going to assist uh, the Jews in returning to the lands of their inheritance, which happened uh, in the 1940s when uh, Israel was recognized as a state. Verse 9, Yea, the kings of the Gentiles shall be nursing fathers unto them, and their queens shall become nursing mothers. Wherefore, the promises of the Lord are great unto the Gentiles, for he hath spoken it, and who can dispute? So here Jacob is again quoting from Isaiah. But behold, this land, said God, shall be a land of thine inheritance, and the Gentiles shall be blessed upon the land. So he's talking here about the Lehites and that they will inherit the land of America. Joseph Fielding Smith said, there is, a, there is strong presumptive evidence in the blessings given by Israel to his son Joseph, 
and his sons Ephraim and Manasseh, as recorded in Genesis, that they were to inherit a land far from Jerusalem and become a multitude of nations. Joseph was promised that his inheritance should be to the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills, that he was a, that he was a, f a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the water. Moreover, he was to receive a greater inheritance than his progenitors who were given the land of Palestine. The Book of Mormon is the record of the descendants of Joseph who were led across the great waters to inherit this western land, which is designated as being choice above all other lands. Surely these blessings could not be realized in Palestine. Joseph and his sons did not become a multitude of nations there. The tri tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh did not receive a more wonderful inheritance in Palestine than any other of the tribes of Israel. There the chief honors were conferred first on Benjamin and then on Judah. Here in America, all these promises were fulfilled when the descendants of Joseph possessed the land given as their inheritance. There are many references in the Bible to Zion, a land of, or place separate and distinct from Jerusalem. Such passages are found in the second chapter of Isaiah and the fourth chapter of Micah. It would be foolish to say that these references to Zion were to the hill in Jerusalem where David dwelt. Through modern revelation, the Lord has made it known that the American continent is Zion. It is to be on this land that the city Zion, the New Jerusalem, shall be built. With the translation of the Book of Mormon, many of the descendants of Joseph were made known. Who could have made the, that great discovery without a revelation from the Lord? The Lamanites are of Israel. Lehi was a descendant of Manasseh. We are informed that Ishmael, whose children joined the family of Lehi, was of Ephraim. In this way, children belonging to these two tribes were planted in America. It is true that others also came, and it is just possible that the Lord, remembering his promise to Joseph, sent with the Mulekites others of the tribes of Joseph. At any rate, this land was given to them as their everlasting inheritance. They have inherited it in the past. They will do so more fully in the future. We are told that there was a prophecy in the destruction of the coat of many colors worn by Joseph. Part of it was preserved, and Jacob, before his death, prophesied that as a remnant of the coat was preserved, so should a remnant of Joseph's posterity be preserved. And he said, Even as this remnant of garment of my sons hath been preserved, so shall a remnant of the seed of my son be preserved by the hand of God and be taken unto himself, while the remainder of the seed of Joseph shall perish, even as the, gar the remnant of his garment. That remnant now found among the Lamanites shall eventually partake of the blessings of the gospel. They shall unite with the remnant which is being gathered from among the nations, and they shall be blessed of the Lord. And that was in the way of perfection. Verse 11, And this land shall be a land of liberty unto the Gentiles, and there shall be no kings upon the land who shall raise up unto the Gentiles. The Lord will protect the Americas for the teaching of the gospel and the establishing of his covenant. None that fight against him will prosper. It is remarkable that so few attempts have been made to establish thrones in America. Perhaps the most substantial barrier has been the Monroe doc Doctrine, although there has, for the most part, been so little force behind that doctrine that its very weakness has invited more than one European monarch to attempt to smash it. It defied all the world to attempt to set up any authority of their own, or to interfere with any of the independent governments then existing in North or South America. In a word, the real meaning of the Monroe Doctrine is hands-off, and that too to all the world. One could imagine that the Book of Mormon prophet might have been standing at the elbow of President Monroe when he signed the document as it was handed to him by the Secretary of State, John Quincy Adams. For the Monroe Doctrine is nothing more than the Book of Mormon prophecy put in the form of a state paper. It has been tested and tried. It has been called the most magnificent bluff in history, and so far the most successful. At any rate, it has stood, it has been affirmed and reaffirmed by president after president until it is now upheld and proclaimed, as with the voice of a hundred millions of people.
That was from Nephi Lowell Morris in the prophecies of Joseph Smith and their fulfillment. Verse 12, And I will fortify this land against all other nations. And he that fighteth against Zion shall perish, saith God. Matthias Cowley said another striking prediction contained in the Book of Mormon regarding no kings on the earth or in, in America. Um, Brother Cowley said, Gradually, yet with certain progress, has the government of kings been abolished from the American continent until nearly all governments in North and South America are republics. Canada is still under the rule of Great Britain, which is since this writing has been changed, but is managed in such a manner that the liberties of the people are almost, if not quite equal to those of a republican territory. Those who know the history of the effort to make Maximilian a king in Mexico also know how terribly the words of the Book of Mormon have been verified. For he that riseth up a king unto me must perish. This continent is the land of Zion, and he that fighteth against Zion shall perish, saith God. Before the late Spanish-American War, George Q. Cannon read these predictions from the Book of Mormon before a congregation in the tabernacle, and with a knowledge that these prophecies were given of the Lord, foretold the result of the war and the certain banishment of Spanish kingly power from the American Isles. Other prophecies of the sacred volume have been verified since its publication to the world. Those verified should establish faith in reasonable minds that the unfulfilled parts will surely come to pass. Continuing, verse 14, For he that raiseth up a king against me shall perish, for I, the Lord, the King of heaven, will be their king, and I will be a light unto them forever that hear my words. Wherefore, for this cause, that my covenants may be fulfilled, which I have made unto the children of men, that I will do unto them while they are in the flesh, I must needs destroy the secret works of darkness and of murders and of abominations. Wherefore, he that fighteth against Zion, both Jew and Gentile, both bond and free, both male and female, shall perish, for they are they who are of the who are the whore of all the earth, for they are for they who are not for me are against me, saith our God. For I will fulfill my promises which I have made unto the children of men, that I will do unto them while they are in the flesh. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, thus saith our God, I will afflict thy seed by the hand of the Gentiles. Nevertheless, I will soften the hearts of the Gentiles, that they shall be like unto a father to them. Wherefore, the Gentiles shall be blessed and numbered among the house of Israel. He's talking here about those in the United States of America. And although they did persecute the Lamanites uh, early on, that they are now... Um, helping them as best they can. Verse 19, Wherefore I will consecrate, or separate, or make sacred this land unto thy seed, and them who shall be numbered among thy seed forever for the land of their inheritance, for it is a choice land, that saith God unto me, above all the other lands. Wherefore I will have all men that dwell thereon, that they shall worship me, saith God. And now, my beloved brethren, seeing that our merciful God has given us so great knowledge concerning these things, let us remember him and lay aside our sins and not hang down our heads, for we are not cast off. Nevertheless, we have been driven out of the land of our inheritance, but we have been led to a better land. For the Lord has made the sea our path, and we are upon an isle of the sea. Anything away from Israel was considered to be an isle of the sea. But great are the promises of the Lord unto them who are upon the isles of the sea. Wherefore, as it says isles, there must needs be more than this. And they are inhabited also by our brethren. For behold, the Lord God has led away from time to time from the house of Israel according to his will and pleasure. And now behold, the Lord remembereth all them who have been broken off. Wherefore, he remembereth us also. Therefore, cheer up your hearts and remember that we are free to act for ourselves, for yourselves, to choose the way of everlasting death or the way of eternal life. So he's telling us here, cheer up your hearts, cheer up because the atonement is real. We will be reconciled to God if we repent and stay on the straight and narrow path. And that's what we need to remember. 
24, wherefore, my beloved brethren, reconcile yourselves to the will of God and not to the will of the devil and the flesh. And remember, after ye are reconciled unto God, that it is only in and through the grace of God that ye are saved. Wherefore, may God raise you from death by the power of the resurrection and also from everlasting death by the power of the atonement, that ye may be received into the eternal kingdom of God, that ye may praise him through grace divine. Amen. So that's the end of Jacob's uh, talk. Pretty remarkable conference talk, don't you think? Um, I testify that these things are true and that uh, and the remarkableness of these prophecies, that there won't be kings upon the land and how truthfully that's been fulfilled. Uh, both North and South America, there are no kings. I bear testimony of the truth of the gospel in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you like this podcast, share it. Talk to you later. Bye.